Hey guys, Anthony Carelli here, formerly known as Santino Morella, and you're watching Joe Tilly Sports coming up! Our special guest this week, one of the heaviest bangers in the history of the heavyweight division. Former number one contender, all-round great guy, gentleman, Jerry Cooney. Joe Tilly Sports, coming up! Well, I can tell you, as a former fighter, I am very excited about today's guest. He hails from Long Island, New York, specifically Huntington. He trained at Gleason's Gym in Brooklyn. As an amateur, he was a two-time New York Golden Gloves champion. His professional record, 28-3 and with 24 knockouts. One of the best left hooks of all time. He challenged for the heavyweight championship of the world on two occasions. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, Jerry. Cootie. Right. Hey, what's up, Giuseppe? <laughs> Great to be with you guys. Nice to be with you today. How many fights did you have? How many fights did you have? I had uh, I had 44 fights. Wow. I wish All I could have ran into you. All amateur. I wish I could have ran yeah, into yeah. you, bro. Well, you were a little bit out of my weight division, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I won the provincial championship in, in Alberta. Yeah, yeah. I did okay. It was a lot of fun, man. We got to travel. I got to play, I uh, fight in, in, in uh, Ireland and places that parts of the States, Vegas and places like that. It was a lot of fun, man. It was uh, good times. It changed my life for sure. Helped get me yeah, out of that rut that I was in a long time ago. You hey, know, so in, in, um, go ahead, Jerry. No, you go ahead. There's a delay we have here, right? Is it sort of a delay? It's just a slight delay, but you and I hear each other. If okay. you watch the video, uh, it, it's slightly behind by about a second or so. But when you speak and I speak, it's it, there isn't a delay. But that it is to get okay. does get well, slightly confusing. Let's but start. We're, let's, we're let's folks watching at home. There's no delay. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, you are, you are, uh, uh, you have some Canadian roots. Um, your grandparents were from Newfoundland, and I believe that makes you half Canadian, which is uh, another reason why I like uh, gentleman Jerry Cooney. Tell us about that. That's right. You know, my father came from, he's a, he's a newfie, St. John's. And, you know, I remember one time I was up in Nova Scotia and man, what an experience, but the Nova Scotians and the newfies, they were fighting all the time. I felt like I was back home as a kid, <laughs> but yeah, I love Canada. I'm always up. There's a great guy up there, Steve Gallant. He puts on, he put on a fight night for the last 15, 20 years, uh, in, um, I want to say, uh, oh, uh, uh, I lost it now, but he's a great dude, and I always feel connected up in Canada when I'm there. I feel like I'm at home. Now, boxing was in the family too. I believe your your dad boxed. I think your brother boxed as well. So it came to you uh, kind of naturally. It's something he wanted to do. You know, my father wanted to fight back in those days. He left. He left like. Uh, uh, Newfoundland, like at 17, and he became a merchant marine, and he wasn't afforded the time. He always wanted to be. Later on in life, he put the, built the ring in the backyards and sparred with me. You know, I was his sparring partner. But uh, it was a, he was a, a big, tough dude, and uh, and I got into boxing. My brother left the home when he was 15, and a couple of years later, he went to a gym. And I loved my brother. He was three years older than me, so I used to go and watch him. And then one day I I was hitting a heavy bag and I said I want to box somebody and it's a little tank I kicked my butt you know and and I got it left the ring and I went home and said forget it but I went back down in the basement on the heavy bag and I realized that the guy was going to come at me and then three days later at fifteen and a half I went back to the gym and they asked if I could box that kid again and he couldn't do that to me and six months later I won the middleweight championship and went on to get invited to the Olympic trials in 1976. I fought on uh, in England, you know, had a lot of amateur fights, uh, international fights, and uh, it's been a great life, boxing for me. 
Well, Jerry, I, 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 you know, I read a bit about your, your story and, and, and in 76, you were invited to the Olympic trials. That was something, it was, it was an opportunity that you actually turned down at the time. And one of one of your great regrets from what I understand. Well, yeah, you know, I, I grew up in, in a, my father was a big drinker. There was a lot of neglect and abuse. You know, listen, we all grew up where he grew up worse than we, we had it. And, and so, um, uh, you know, he was sick. And I had knocked out all the, I went to England, I knocked out four guys over there and, and came home and they said, stay in shape, the Russians are coming. And so uh, six days I trained for that fight. I came in, I knocked the guy out in the first round and I got a phone call that I made it to the finals of the trials. That's where the top eight guys from America go to Colorado Springs and fight it out. And I told him I couldn't make it, my father was sick. I didn't like my father very much at that point. And I just felt like I'm not good enough. I'm going to make an ass of myself. Why go and do that? And it's the biggest regret of my life that I hope that I get a chance sometime to grab a kid along the way and say, come on, let's pay attention. This is important now. Let's follow our dream. Well, your, your dream was ultimately to become a heavyweight champion of the world. And so after the Olympic trial thing didn't come about, you turned professional a short period later. And uh, wow, what a, what a record you had. Uh, you know, you had the size, you had the power. Turning pro seemed like a, a no-brainer for, for a guy like you. And uh, you racked up a Tyson-like record, uh, you know, like 25-0 uh, start to your pro career with 22 knockouts. And, and uh, you know, that was pretty impressive. We got some of the, some of the video from uh, some, of your, some of your fights that, that, uh, <laughs> that Vic is rolling. Uh, now you had the great left hook, uh, renowned for you know looking back here at some of your fights. With the, the left hook was massive. I noticed the, the left uppercut was also big. You know, like, and you threw a lot of jab, hook, uppercut combinations. The right hand was devastating as well. The Jerry Cooney power was just incredible. You know, I I really regret. I didn't get the experience. You know, Don King owned all the heavyweights back in them days, and I re we refused to sign with them. Little did I know, my managers wanted to make the biggest payday. They didn't really care much about my career when I really would have needed a guy like Bob Arum who could have developed me and pushed me forward and made me ready. So I had a bunch of knockouts, uh, and I got put in there with Holmes. Like I knocked out Norton in, in 54 seconds of the first round, which was a spectacular knockout. And... Uh, you know, I went off the rail. I started drinking and partying and right. not taking care of myself. And I don't know whether I thought I deserved it or that the fear kicked in from not getting a really good foundation growing up in my household. Whatever it was, listen, I'm here with you today, Joe. I have a great life. I made a lot of money. I saved it. I have a lot of friends, a lot of fans. I, I'm helping people all the time. Who's got it better than me? Not, you know, not, uh, you, you talk about Norton. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Finish that. I was just watching. I was just watching the knockout. I was saying, not that that guy doesn't have better than me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you talk about the Norton fight. Fifty-four seconds, Madison Square Garden. It was the fastest knockout in the history of Madison Square Garden, uh, and we we saw some of it. Here's some more of it. And uh, that, I mean, were you surprised? I mean, uh, heading into yeah. that fight, that you were able to take care of a former world champion in that fashion. You know, Joe, that was Mandingo. You know, he was in the movie Mandingo. He just lost a decision to Larry Holmes uh, three years before that. Uh, he was a he was a bad guy, you know. I didn't know at the time, but he could not fight backing up. Much similar to Deontay Wilder. If you back him up, he can't get off. And so I hit him with a right hand, he buckled, and that felt pretty good. And I spun him into the corner, and once I caught up with his bobbing and weaving, and I hit him with an uppercut, it was all over. The referee let the fight go on way too long, and uh, it was a frightening to watch that still today. Right, uh, there was uh, the four punches from death is what the is how the uh, the uh, New York media described true. it at the time. Yeah, uh, you know, but after that. You know, the fight with, uh, you know, it, it was that fight, that came, fight came up to the win over Jimmy Young, who had beaten George Foreman. It came after the win over Lauren Lyle. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was a big fight. It set you up for, for a shot at the heavyweight championship of the world, which is, uh, kind of, you know, it's kind of a big deal. And, and, uh, and you were kind of a big deal. We actually have uh, some video here that I'm going to ask Vic to pull up. We found a commercial 
uh, uh, with you and your mom, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, Vic, if we can roll that, that's kind of kind of a cool thing. So I gave him an Arocco, protects that gorgeous mug of his, and gives him a good clean shave, smooth and close as a blade. <laughs> I like the Arocco because it protects my little Jerry Cooney. And I like the Norelco because it makes me look like a real gentleman. Isn't he a knockout? Norelco Retract. <laughs> Tough on your beard. All right. That is awesome. So, Joe, that was a great, uh, that know, was a great video, it? Joe. That was a great video. Yeah. And that laugh I had at the end was what my mother said. Isn't he a knockout? I have a laugh. And, you know, that was my mother. She loved everybody, loved the family. And uh, she was a tough girl. And uh, I miss her. Yeah. Yeah, our mothers uh, do a lot for our families. I know my, my mom had did a lot to help holding us all together and keeping us all together. It was really good. Um, now, now after the fight with Norton, you had the uh, the championship uh, lined up with with, with uh, Larry Holmes, uh, but it didn't exactly prompt you to head right to the gym and uh, get ready. You seemed to have other priorities at the time. I know you're making commercials, but. Uh, there's also, of course, the, the, the party side, the injury, the torn rotator cuff. Let's talk about uh, that, that stage of your career. You know, I, I made some mistakes. Uh, uh, I, I um, became the man. I, you know, I didn't, where I came from, I, I hid in the basement. So, I, you know, I all of a sudden I had this thing on my back and it was great. I loved people and, and uh, I started to, to drink and felt maybe I deserved it and, you know, I got I got distracted, and uh, it happens. It's happened before, and um, uh, you know, I learned my lesson. Obviously, I couldn't. What I really needed, Joe, was three or four more fights before I fought Holmes. I didn't have much experience. I was knocking guys out pretty easy, and I needed to have some more looks. You know, I needed to to be in the ring with three or four more top guys. So, you know, what I learned from Holmes that night. In the loss, I got stopped in the 13th round that night. What I learned that night, if we had fought again, it would have been a whole different fight. I grew up that night in the ring. Uh, you know, all my mistakes. I, I grew up, I learned about fighting that night. So, the uh, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, uh, the, the fortunate part is like, uh, you know, this is the, one of the biggest fights in, in history. You, you get $10 million to fight Larry Holmes. But I want to talk about that experience, okay? So you, you, you're, uh, you're fighting the Eastern Assassin, the undefeated champion of the world, uh, biggest money fight in history at that time, $10 million guaranteed to challenge. Here you are walking into the ring, 32,000 people outdoor at Caesars Palace. What is going through your head? I'm having a great time, and I'm hoping that I can't wait for the bell to ring. You know, you, you go out with a fight plan, obviously. You know, you got an idea. You want to get, I want to get to his body. I want to get to him body, get his hands to come down and turn it over the top. And I'm going to work, work on the jab. And listen, obviously, I cannot wait right now. I am so in shape. I want the bell to ring so I can start fighting. And, you know, I'm in there with a tough guy, and there was a lot of racism leading up to this fight. And I thought it was him. He thought it was me. It was neither of us. I had eight or seven or eight guys I grew up with in high school with me in Las Vegas training camp eating lobster tail and turtle soup. There was no racism. And the biggest thing, the greatest, I was so angry walking into the ring right now because I wanted to hit him so bad. And then we get into the center of the ring. And Mills Lane gives us instructions, and the f next thing he's, Larry Holmes says to me is, hey, Jerry, let's have a good fight. What would you say that for? You know, and that was the kind of <laughs> champion he was. And, and we went at it, right. and we went back and forth, and it was a great fight. I was in it. I was there. I was fighting. I was hit, touching him. He told me one time I hit him with a body shot. He said he was grateful it was at the end of the round because he held the rope and went back to the corner. So we had a great time. Uh, you know, I, I did a good job. I was a well, good you, fighter. You did, you, great you, fighter. Yeah, you did give the folks a, a good fight, and, and you know, there's Don King, and, and of course, Don King played into that racism card as well, referring to you, of course, Imagine. as the Great White Hope. It wasn't the first time that you were called the Great White Hope. What did it mean to, for you to carry that moniker, and and how did that affect you? Like I said, you know, I had uh, eight guys I grew up with. There was no racism in our, in, in our lives. 
you know, I, I hate anybody who's prejudiced. I, you know, I love everybody. We're all in the fight for life. This is a hard, it's a hard road we're all on. People, these fans come home, they're working two or three jobs. If I win, they feel a little better at ease. If they're Larry Holmes fans, when he won the fight, they felt better. This is what boxing is about. It's not race or anything like that. And with it, Larry Holmes and I are the best of friends today. We always talk to each other during the week. We get together. We make appearances. We have laughs. We remind ourselves of the old times. And it's been 40 years. Can you believe it, Joe? 40 years. 40 years, I know. It's crazy. Where does the time go? Now, um, this was a good fight, by the way. I mean, I, I just watched the highlights again uh, recently. And, and uh, you know, uh, you hit him with some great shots. And, and uh, you know, obviously, he hit you with some great shots, too. And as you said, you know, if you had the experience of this fight before you went into this fight, the, the outcome w would have been in, in entirely different. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, after the fight, it's the same kind of thing that happened to uh, to Tommy Burns after he last lost to Jack Johnson because the racial overtones. There's a lot of you know white uh, racist kind of journalists that kind of downplayed your abilities because you lost to a black man, and there was all this white hype and everything else, and saying things like you know Jerry Cooney wasn't good enough to fight Larry Holmes. Some would say that, which was to entirely BS because you know you were an undefeated contender who had, who had knocked out people like Ken Norton and Jimmy Young, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we do have this uh, clip from Larry uh, recently talking about the reaction that you got after the fight. Let's play that, Vic, if you well, guess what, you know, I'm sorry, guess, guess what? They, made, they, they, they tried to say Jerry Cooney wasn't worthy. After that fought and beating, they say he wasn't, it wasn't, he wasn't no good. It shouldn't have been the fight. Jerry could fight. Jerry could fight. You know, he hit you with that left hook, and that's a good night, Irene. And I told him, I told them, I told everybody after the fight, don't knock Jerry. Don't knock him to me. Yeah, yeah it's very and, nice. Yeah, very nice of Larry. Very nice. You know, but the, the, the thing is that, listen, I came to fight. I, I wanted to fight. I, I, I did all I could with, with, with my bumps and bruises and pimples. You know, I, I, I went in and fought with what I had. And like I said, what I learned during that, listen, let's face it. Larry Holmes is like, you know, on my, I'm on Sirius XM uh, Monday and Friday at the fights on channel 156, uh, 12 to 2. New York time. And we broke down the heavyweight division back from Jack Johnson all the way to Ali. And Larry Holmes was either two or three of all time. And I got a chance to go 13 rounds with him in my, with hardly any experience, just a bunch of guts. And I went into fight. So I win either way. You know, him and I are great friends today. We help each other out. We do a lot of charity work and we help the less fortunate to see a better light. And that's my path. I, I did what I did and I'm here now. And boy, I wish I could have hit him with that hook one more time. One more time, Joe. <laughs> one more time. And it's, it's, uh, well, you can see he, you rocked him a few times in this fight. He, he knew was he good. was in he the was fight. Good. He's yeah. so good. Yeah, he knew he was in. Yeah, that jab is, I, I, he's got the best left jab in, in heavyweight history. And yeah. the only one who I think challenges him is maybe Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury's got a pretty amazing job, too. Um, Tyson I want, Fury, the next Joe, thing I want to talk about, yeah, go ahead. Tyson Sorry, Fury yeah. is a great fighter. He faints all night. So when you try and get set, he faints you. So now you got to reset again. So that's the deal with him. He's so talented. And it's amazing. He came back. He was, I don't know, 400 pounds. He, he said he came back. Nobody wanted Deontay Wilder. He said, I want Deontay Wilder. They wanted the challenge. That's a great dude right there. I love that guy. Well, you know, actually, we, we uh, before the fight with, uh, with, with Wilder, I think the first fight, uh, you actually talked to, uh, uh, you had a conversation with, with Fury, and you got a chance to, to, uh, Give him a few pointers. What what kind of pointers did, did you give uh, Tyson Fury before that uh, first fight with Wilder? Well, you know, Joe, in today's time, a lot of the great trainers have passed on. And so we're getting a more watered-down version of the game. I mean, there's some good trainers, no doubt about it. 
but we're getting the watered down version and there's not thinking about position and, and and balance and power now if you're going to sit in the picture you're going to get hit with the right hand if you sit back and work from here it's harder to hit you things like that just little tiny things step to the right don't stay in front of that right hand you know all the things i learned in fighting homes i stood when when the right hand was coming i leaned to my left biggest mistake i made but i didn't have the experience so today i have the experience i wanted to be a trainer for a while but that that takes like you're away from home six months a year you miss the seasons so I mean, if somebody comes along, I would love to be involved to teach someone how to protect themselves and to be the best he can. And that's all you can ask for. Well, after the fight with uh, with Holmes, uh, you, you, your next fight was, uh, well, you had a, a couple of three, three, three wins in a row, I think it was. Uh, then you fought uh, uh, Spinks. And of course, the, the, you know, uh, Michael was, uh, you know, at the top of his game at that particular no, time. No, no, and, no, no. No, Joe. Joe, listen, the fight was over for me when I when I fought Holmes that night. I couldn't stand my management. I couldn't stand, you know, the press is giving me such a hard time when it had nothing to do with me. I'll fight. I wanted to fight. I couldn't get nobody to fight. King would not give me anybody. And my managers didn't want me. They wanted that big fight. They didn't want to risk me going in there. That had nothing to do with me. And so that's what happens in the game. The game eats you up. Michael Spinks couldn't shine my shoes on. He, he got me on my worst day. I was drinking going into the ring that day. He could never stand in the ring with me as, a, as, as, a, as Jerry Cooney, the guy that was 25, you know, 20, you know, whatever it was. I eat him alive. Well, the, uh, you know, that fight, though, it, was that the turning point for you? Is that the bottom? Is that where you where you said this is going to change? That's right. Well, that that was uh, that was uh, uh, June of eighty eight. No, June of eighty seven, I think. And four months later, I put down the drink. April twenty first, nineteen eighty eight. It's been thirty three and a half years, and it's been the best years of my life. Now you think about my career and my highlights. It was a great life, right? My life today is way bigger. I enjoy myself. I help a lot of people. I love life. I love my family. Uh, you know, who's got it better than me today? Would I have liked to give it a 100% shot? Yeah, I'm going to have to wait till we come back next time, Joe, and, uh, and and do it right. You know, I made mistakes. I, you know, I took time off, and then I lost the Sphinx. I disappeared, and then I got sober, and George Foreman came to me and said, Hey, Jerry, why don't we fight? I was, I was promoting his fights, and I thought, wow, I've never done this sober before clean let me his money was good i took the fight i got in great shape i hit him with you know clancy wanted me to move for seven eight rounds don't stay with him but i'm a puncher and i hit him with a left hook to the body and a left hook to the chin and i said let me go for it and i got caught with a shot you know i don't know if you ever got to listen to you guys get a chance go on youtube to david letterman talking to george foreman and george foreman said David Letterman said, hey, who's the biggest punch you ever got hit with? And he said, Jerry Cooney's the biggest punch I ever got hit with. So it was good days. I Listen, I had a great time, man. Foreman and I are friends. He's on my radio show all the time. We have a lot of laughs. We talk about the fight game. Uh, who's got it better than us, right? Joe, you too. Look, I got the radio yeah. face. You still got a TV face. <laughs> well, people have said I have a good face for radio before. Uh, but you know what I, I tell you, Jerry, I, the uh, you know this 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 turning point that you reached. I mean, uh, you know, same thing happened to me 29 years ago, right? You get to that place, and at the time, it's the deepest, darkest place you've ever been. But you know, and, and there's a book here that says how dark it is before the dawn, right? And so, uh, uh, and this little book here that helps me a lot. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so uh great book <laughs> it's a great book anyway uh uh joe can i the, tell you uh, something turning point yeah yeah i want to just tell you a story right so i'm i was seeing this therapist and he said to me jerry when you close your eyes what do you see i said i see a big black hole and he said to me good now you got to start going in that hole and i thought you're out of your mind i'm not going in that hole but i've been going in that hole ever since and it's the greatest thing i've ever done you know, you know, yeah, you we, know faced, 
Yeah, we face that reality. We face who we are. We come to terms with who we are and stop the BS, right? Stop the BS and reach out for help, which is the most important thing we can do, which is something like people, you and I, before that happens, don't want to do, want to be able to do it myself, want to be able to fix it myself. But the problem is we can't. Mm-hmm. And and the old saying is that if we could have done it, we would have. We just couldn't do it on our own. So we, we have to reach out for help. Um, but you, uh, so, the, you know, you, you you got to that point, you reached out. And then what, what like, how bad was it for you? Like, where, where, where did you, what point did you get to where it well, said? I drank oh every God. day. I mean, I drank every day. I didn't have a job. I didn't, you know, I was uh, trying to figure out what, what next? I mean, after the Holmes fight, really, I stayed in the game, but the fight was really gone for me. I just didn't know what to do. I had these two managers that wanted to keep making money, and they put me back in there again. And finally, in the Foreman fight, I finally, for the first time, I got to turn the page. I was I hadn't had a drink or a drug in a year, a year and a half, and I was able to turn the page on my life. Look at that kid. I can't believe that. And and move on and to participate in my in my um, participate in life and to find out what direction I want to go and what can I do who can I help out and what can I make out and and that's uh, what my path has been since uh, uh, moving forward there's Big George in there that wise guy he could punch that man oh yeah oh yeah yeah with with both hands and and Michael Moore found that out right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and, and George is kind of a nice comeback story too, right? I, I read his book, Big George, and uh, you know, he talks about how he looks at himself before in those old days. He was just a bad dude. He just had bad intentions, bad dude, had, uh, no focus, and and uh, it just uh, he he was able to change and turn his life around as well. Well, you know, after he lost to Jimmy Young that night. He said he saw God in the dressing room, and he kind of changed his life. And, you know, listen, he's a big, good guy. He helps a lot of people. Uh, he did a great thing for boxing. And, uh, you know, we're all slowing down a little bit. You know I mean? Time goes too fast for us. But, man, I had a great time, bro. It was really fun meeting all the people. I mean, at one time I was at a party in Las Vegas with Holmes, and I met everybody I ever wanted to meet in my whole life that one night. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Muhammad Ali, Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, uh, you know, you just name them. I could name them all. Uh, you know, uh, God, there's so many great, great guys. Dean Martin walking around with martinis. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just a great life and a great experience. And uh, and I love the game. I wish I had made some different choices. But then I might not be here anyway. If I Had I won the fight with Holmes that night? Life was so fast for me. I might not be here today. So I count my blessings. I'm grateful to God and uh, I try and stay in my lane. That's all I can do. Stay in my lane. There's a oh, hook to the body. Okay. There. Hook to the body. Hook, hook to the, to the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, put, you, you knocked a, had a lot of those knockouts. The, it was uh, so much fun, Joe. The, uh, yeah, oh God. And, and so, you know, I, I dark is before that we talked about that. We now the, uh, the fact that you hit that bottom and, and, you know, after the fights, like, as you mentioned, if you win, if you win that fight against Holmes, you're a completely different person. The ego's out of control, probably maybe never get to the place where you are now, which is a good place. Right. Were you able to keep some of that money? Were you able to hang on to some oh, yeah. of the money? Have you been able to invest it? In- Listen, I knew. Yeah. The rainy day was coming. I didn't know when, but I knew the rainy day was coming. And I knew what it was like to be poor. And I was never really a spender. And back in them days, those great people that loved me and I loved them, they here's my house, take my plane. You know, I couldn't spend any money. And it was great experience. But, you know, obviously the love uh, was misdirected at sometimes. But listen, all in all, as it turned out, I love being with Holmes every minute I was in there with him. Every sparring partner session I went through, every life experience I had. Um, I remember, you know, watching Larry Holmes in Detroit uh, knock out Leon Spinks. And after the fight was over, Howard Cosell thought, well, this will be great. Let's bring Larry and Jerry together here uh, to promote the fight. And, you know, so Larry, that was my first real experience with him. And he came over, he was throwing punches at me. He pulled Howard Costello's wig off. 
And, uh, <laughs> and I thought, wow, I thought this is getting serious now. <laughs> well, well, he's a great man. A lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, and, and is it different? So tell me the difference between fighting sober, fighting, you know, not sober. Well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, like, I just was uh, lost there for, in, in my career, I grew up learning, you're no good, you're a failure, you're not going to mount anything, don't trust nobody. And then I was thrown into this world, and it was scary. Because that's not supposed to be for me. And so the drink filled the hole up that I've had all my life. I had a big hole in my chest. And I, and I had a drink, and the pain went away. And it was like I felt, I felt attractive. I fit in. People liked me. And I, that's what I drank at. And unfortunately, there was nobody to grab me by the arm, and I had to take my path. But that being said, I survived it. I saved my money. I have a great life. I love my family. I have three great children who've never seen me drink and are all college educated kids and love life and love me and who's got it better than that bro my kids call me and tell me they love me all the time listen it's good living it's good living yeah you know and i agree eh? uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing um, um my kids were really young when i got sober and, and uh you know had to had to experience great loss in 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 in, uh, in sobriety. We lost one of our, our we lost our son Spencer oh, to this yes, to I, this I, disease, right? And and it was uh, you know a difficult time to get through that. But uh, you know we we uh, sobriety recovery is such a big part of all of our lives today. And, and uh, you know we we have an my, our daughter just gave, you know uh, gave us a grandson uh, in November, uh, almost a year. He's almost a year old now. And uh, he's just incredible, and uh, we have so many blessings, and, and and it's just, you know, life throws this stuff at us. But at one time, it's to be stuff I couldn't handle. But with your support, you know, family, with support, you know, in in recovery community, with, with support everywhere, it's like you get through stuff that you just don't think it's possible to get through, and then you get to use that experience to help other people, which I get to do today working in a treatment center is, is really helpful for me to get to share Spencer's story all the time, which is incredibly helpful for him and me and, and, uh, and all of us and the people who, who benefit from that. And, and, you know, and, you know, Joe, I, I want to, you know, uh, tip my hat to you and give you my condolences and tell you that, you know, Spence is going to be in that little baby. You're going to see your son Spence in that little baby boy and you're going to smile. He's going to be happy. And, and, you know, sometimes we can't get out of the pain. The pain is so bad. We, we just have nowhere to go. And I've been there a bunch of times. I was lost. And, um, so anyway, my, I, I pray for you. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And thanks. Family. Thanks, Jerry. And, and it, 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 yeah, it's his middle name is Spencer. Leo nice. Spencer, yeah, yeah, beautiful. No, so um, okay, I want to talk to you about the heavyweight division today. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, you, you, you mentioned Fury, and you had a, some good things. Is he the best? Have is he the best heavyweight out there? Do you see anybody having a, a shot at him? Does Usyk have a chance against him? Joshua well, you know, is able to beat yeah. Usyk. Usyk. I mean, I love Tyson Fury. He's unbelievable. We do know that. You know, he. We, I watched him get hit on the chin by Wilder. And, uh, mm. you know, uh, Jack Reese, the great referee, was counting. He said, I got the five. And a few of his eyes woke up and he jumped off the floor. And he started backing Wilder down. And that was the biggest moment for him when he realized Wilder cannot fight going backwards. And so, you know, there's a lot of great fighters out there. I think Tyson Fury is the man right now. But, you know, like, I, I can't figure, like, for me, if I'm fighting whoever I'm fighting, I don't care who it is, I will touch their chin at some point during the fight. I may start at the body. I may get inside and rough it up and bang the body, but I will touch the guy on the chin. I don't know how he – I think it was from God when he got up that time. And he's a phenomenal guy. He just – he – uh I mean, he had a tough fight with uh, Wallen. What's his name? I can't remember his name, but um, he got cut really bad. Remember in that fight? But he, but I think Tyson Fury needs a challenge. If you give him a challenge, he he shines. If it's easy fight, he don't perform up to his 
uh, to his level. You saw what happened with Joshua and Nusik in the, in the first fight. Uh, any chance that uh, AJ comes back from that and, and, and beats Usyk? You listen, okay, great, great, great question, Joe. Listen, you, he's fighting a guy who won the Muhammad Ali Cup cruiserweight, lighter guy, right? But he's a master a boxer. He's trained by Lomachenko's family. He, you know, he's trained. He can, he's just, and and Joshua tried to box with him. You can't box. A master boxer you got to get inside you got to back him up you got to make him uncomfortable you got to throw him off his comfort zone right that's my job i can't i gotta make you uncomfortable and joshua has the skills to do it but he has no corner i listened to the to his trainer after the fight he's like well yeah we you know he fought to the plan listen around the eighth or ninth round you gotta say listen anthony it's not working Take off on this guy. Go get him. And I believe that Usyk would have fell if Joshua would have caught him, worked the body, and hit him on the chin. He didn't. He stayed outside. He boxed Usyk, who's lighter, faster, and better as a boxer. I don't think he's a better right. fighter. I think Joshua gets inside and roughs him up. He's going to go. You know, plan A, if plan A doesn't work, you don't go back to plan A. You try plan That's B. Right, you, gotta, you gotta be able to I change and adapt bro. when you're that. <laughs> so, See that, Joe? Uh, so, uh, Joe, we gotta get a couple of guys together, you and me, because I, I think like you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and you think a guy with with like Joshua's got that size? Why not use it? Why not lean on him? I mean, you know, you're you guys are six seven. You you know what it's like, eight. You know, you know it's like to lean on a guy. He's got that. He's got that height. He's got the size. Usyk like what six two six three natural cruiserweight. Use that size. But you know what? You know what, Joe? It's like, it's not like, well, maybe I'm going to work the body this round. It's my job. This is what I'm training for. Cut the ring off. He followed Usyk around. He didn't cut the ring off. It's a 20-foot ring. Make it a 10-foot ring. Then make it a 5-foot ring. And then take off. That's basics. Boxing. Basics. I, and listen, I like Joshua. But he's not got nobody in his corner. Hey, listen, you saw Wilder. Wilder did terrible the first couple of fights. In fact, most of the time he fights, he's way behind until he knocks the guy out. This last training camp, he learned to fight. I respect him way more. He's changing. He's getting better. And it's hard at 35 to change an old horse. You know, you can't change that much. But he did a good job. And he found his way. He made himself competitive he looked good and there's a lot of possibilities for him if he, if he chooses to fight again yeah that was it was a great fight it was one of the you know best heavyweight fights I, i've seen in in quite a while uh the the since other home, thing i want to ask you Cooney, right right yeah since <laughs> <Holmes and Cooney. laughs> that was a great fight Holmes Cooney, one of the best ever hey so i want to just quickly uh we, you know, you, you, you're, you're from New, your father's from Newfoundland, so you're, you're basically half Canadian, which is awesome. We've had some pretty good fighters here in Canada. Yeah, baby. Tommy Burns, George oh, yeah. Chevallo, uh, yeah, Lennox Lewis. Uh, let's talk about our, uh, the, the, the three Canadian heavyweights that, that uh, come to mind for me. Listen, George Chevallo, greatest guy in the world. I know he's struggling a little bit now. Love him. I saw him about a year and a half ago. Toughest man you want to know. The best take the best punches was always in there great man um lennox lewis i think he's one of the top guys the top five in the game in history so big and strong and and determined look at that that's his comeback fight against rockman after rockman knocked him out the first time and so he came back and and did it so and the other guys uh you're talking about the three heavyweights burns right Tommy burns yeah Tommy Burns, another great historic guy that, you know, we don't get to see much. And obviously, you know, the skills have changed a lot since then. Look at those gloves. I wish I had those gloves. I would have knocked Holmes out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah listen, five, Canada, foot, five foot seven. Listen, you know, Joe, there's so many great fighters in Canada. You know, better BF is up there. You, you, uh, and, and natural guys from Canada are so many great fighters up there. And, and tough and tough guys hey come on i love canada i love coming up there hanging out with the guys and i feel like i'm in my 
town, home neighborhood when I go up there, bro. Well, I'll listen, to now, we're gonna have to get sometime. you. Yeah, we're gonna, you're gonna come to Canada. We're gonna go for dinner. We're gonna go for a meeting. We'll go golfing again. I mean, the first time I met you, we were actually it was when you came for the Shaw Festival Boxing Night, and and uh, you're looking for somebody to golf so uh, golf with. So we hooked you up, and uh, we went to uh, Glen Abbey, which is where the Canadian Open has been so many many times. Nice, you know, Joe. Let me tell you, Joe. I put down the game. You know, when when I go, I mean, you know, I, I met one guy, um, Lou DeBella from HBO, told me he couldn't stand golf. I thought, how can you not like golf? And then you play. And then when I go to these beautiful golf courses, you know, you know what I remember? I remember the bad shots. I don't remember the good ones. Now I had two hole in ones. Had about fifty eagles. You know, I can't tell how many how many birdies I've had. I've had. I was in the seventies. Uh, I got down to 73, but to keep that, I had to play two and a half rounds a day. I got no time for that. I got a beautiful family that I, I want to be with. You know what I mean? And I go to charity, right. I, I go to charity events that are golf tournaments and I have a great time, but I go home after two hours. I take pictures, make everybody laugh and I give them a hard time and we have a nice day. Well, you could certainly pound the ball. Listen, and Jerry, you, you wrote a book. Uh, I think it's just, year and a half something like that uh, uh recently yes. gentlemen jerry a contender in the ring a champion recovery tell us uh tell us a cool one cool story from the book which you co-wrote you know there's so many so many great stories i've been i you know i i was training in um in palm springs and bob hope asked me to be on the bob hope special now, i have a picture of me kissing Bob Hope on the cheek and he got his eyes like he does up in the air. And that's the greatest picture I ever had. I've been with Frank Sinatra. You know, I trained, I was in the ring with Muhammad Ali. You know, we, we shot a box in the ring together at some big fight. You know, I, I, I just, it's been such a, a meaningful life to be around fighters, the struggle we go through, the ups and the downs, uh, you figure it out, you turn the page. Um, you know, um, phenomenal life, the fight game. Well, Jerry, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. It's been it's been phenomenal. Um, if you want to follow Jerry, his social media ha handles are at Jerry A. Cooney on Instagram, Twitter. It's at Jerry Cooney, uh, Facebook, Jerry Cooney. Of course, a podcast on Sirius XM Channel 156. Is it, Jerry? Your, your show right. One, at the fight? 156. 156 every yeah. Monday, every Friday from 12 to 2 Eastern time. And Joe. All right. Listen, definitely take that in. I'm praying for you and your family. Love you, Joe. Great to be with you. I would love to go love a couple too, of Jerry. rounds with you one of these days. Well, we're going to do it next time you're in Canada. And also we're, we're going to hook you up with some great clothes, some great Italian clothing from uh, Classica Imports. We're going to hook you up with uh, – uh, our buddy Jeff, he's going to take care of you. So next time you hey, come listen, to Canada, you're going to go grocery, uh, clothing shopping, and, and uh, it's going to be fun. Hey, Joe, they don't make clothes in Italy for guys my size. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Joe. Love all you guys. We'll, Thank we'll you so Love much you for too. having me. Okay? Yeah. Peace, right, baby. Thanks, Peace. Jerry. Hey, See you, right, my brother. friend. Thank you. Guests on Joe Tilly Sports receive a gift certificate from Classica Imports. Top-of-the-line imported men's clothing. Check out the Classica Essential Collection now. Go to shopclassica.com. Excuse me. Have you heard of the new Divot app? There's a Divot app? No, but there is a Divot. And we're going to have to do something about that. It's simple. Just pick up the divot and replace it. All sorted. Have a good round. Look at this. I'm enjoying my morning coffee in my brand new Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show coffee mug. Now, if you like the show, and you want to support the program, you can get one of these too, or some other merchandise. Just click on the link below and enjoy your morning coffee.
Hey, I'm Canadian rocker Tommy Gunn, and you got more Joe Tilly Sports coming up. Addiction Rehab Toronto, Toronto's number one alcohol and drug treatment center, saving lives, reuniting families. The only treatment center in the province to offer medical detox, treatment, sober living, and lifetime aftercare all in one place. Our unique and specialized programs are designed to equip our clients with the tools to successfully lead a life of dignity, respect, and purpose. Let us help save your life or your loved one's life. Call today for more information or to facilitate an intervention. 1-855-787-2424 or visit addictionrehabtoronto.ca. Joe Tilly Sports is brought to you by COSA. Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, providing a united voice for harness horse people racing at Ontario tracks. Check out your benefits today at COSAonline.com and check out COSA TV on Facebook and YouTube for all the latest harness news and live action updates. Live racing year-round. Go to hpibet.com for all your wagering options. Become a member today and your first bet is free. That's hpibet.com. All right, time for my Costa Swiss Pick of the Week. Last week, I went to Mohawk for the opening leg of the Harvest Series for two-year-old Philly Pacers. I went with Day to Party, who was pacing sixth at the half when she made her move, pulling into the lead at the top of the stretch, but she couldn't shake loose from Quebecois with James McDonald driving for trainer Sean Stacy. Strong effort by the Philly. Thanks to a second-place finish and the exact, I turned my $16 wager into $9. Yeah, there you go. Uh, better than a complete loss, I, I, I suppose. But uh, there you have it. Quebecois with James McDonald getting it done. Quebecois finds more. Data party on the outside, second now. Quebecois coming right back here for McDonald. She leads by a length into the final eighth of the mile. Data party is second. A late driving Just Call Me song is third. Here's the first division opening round of the Harvest Series, and it goes to Quebecois in front-stepping fashion over Data Party. Okay, this week we're going to go to the Meadowlands for Harness Race biggest event yes it's the breeders crown 12 races with purses totaling six million dollars over two days i'm looking at friday night six hundred thousand dollar final for two-year-old cold pacers after three great eliminations last week and i'm going to go with the number three horse pebble beach driven by todd mccarthy for trainer noel daly pebble beach eked out a victory in a three-horse photo in that elimination and i'll go with a 347 exacta box that's six feet under in beach glass along with pebble beach after the smoke clears this week my bankroll is now at 104 dollars. okay for all the racing updates visit updates visit costa tv on instagram twitter and facebook go to hpibet.com for your wagering options well i must say that i i must say i expected better couple of stinkers by the Leafs on the weekend, and that effort in Pittsburgh, well, that was just hideous. Now, here's a Penguins team that was without Sid Crosby, Gino Malkin, Chris Letang, and they still managed to hang a 7-1 to licking on the blue and white. Now, it's not the end of the world here. Austin Matthews hasn't got his skating legs yet. After missing all that time, I expect Mitch will be better. But, man, defensively, they've really taken a step back. That needs to be cleaned up, and they really – Seems to be missing Zach Hyman, who is just flying in Edmonton. Way to go, Zach. Well, Raptors 905 made some front office additions. The Raps G League affiliate named Luke Wynn as the assistant general manager and Canadian Olympian Tammy Sutton Brown becomes associate of basketball and franchise operation. Meanwhile, the big club, I really like what we're seeing from Scotty Barnes. Defensively, the guy is tough. He's going to be scary good. And He's putting up solid numbers on offense, too. Youngest Raptor ever to have 25 points and 10 boards in the game, and he's only going to get better. Well, things are tight at the top in the CFL East after the Argos paid a visit to Montreal last weekend. Matthew Schultz had no problem dissecting that Argos secondary. Gino Lewis is ridiculously wide open on this play. Lewis caught a pair of touchdown passes from Schultz. William Sandback uh, 
returned to the Alouettes lineup, ran for 202 yards and a touchdown. Toronto quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson had his toughest game as a pro. MBT was picked off four times. The Owls were on 37-16 to tie the boat guys for first and east at 6-4. and four. Things are really looking up for Montreal when you consider they got Trevor Harris waiting in the wings at quarterback. Hockey helps the homeless is your chance to play with the pros for a great cause and our charity of choice. Enter your team today as an individual or as a team at HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. Suit up, skate up, and score with some all-time NHL greats at various locations across the country. Feed the hungry, help get them back on their feet, and help keep young folks off the street. 14 tournaments nationwide. First stop is just around the corner. October 29th in Waterloo, then it's off to Calgary, York Region, Halifax, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Peel, Barrie, Saskatoon, Montreal, Durham Region, Bay Street, Edmonton, and London. The event has helped raise $2.5 million for those who can really use it. HockeyHelpsTheHomeless.com. And we close with a look at the folks who make this show possible. These are friends, trusted business associates, and all-around great guys. Uh, reminder, the show is also now available on Spotify iTunes, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, and Pocket Cast, as well as the Spanglish Network and Zingo TV. Also, like and subscribe the show on YouTube. Thanks once again to Gentleman Jerry Cooney for being on the show. It was awesome. And thank you for watching. We'll see you next week when Sandy Holly and Jason Portlando stop by for a Breeders Cup preview. We'll see you then. Joe Tilly's Great Canadian Sports Show is brought to you by Brian Gribben Insurance Planning, helping you solidify your financial future. At BGIP, what we do that's unique in the marketplace is we show people how to spend and enjoy their money in their early years of retirement without the fear of running out. Also, we're able to do this without you having to change financial advisors. Please look us up at bgip.ca today. And let's book a 30-minute phone call to see how we can bring value to you and your family in your planning. Call Brian today for all your retirement needs. We did 905-686-5678. Brought to you by MNP, a leading Canadian national accounting, tax, and business consulting firm. MNP proudly serves and responds to the needs of our clients in the private, public, and non-for-profit sectors. Through partner-led engagements, MNP provides a collaborative, cost-effective approach to doing business and personalized strategies to help people and organizations succeed across the country and around the world. With local offices in Oshawa, Toronto, Mississauga, Burlington, and more, our team is here to support you. Visit mnp.ca to learn more.